I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast, 32 teams in 32 days, getting you ready for the 2021 fantasy football season. I am Mr. Neil Smith, joined, as always, by Mr. Steve Bonham. Hello there. Uh, And today, today, we get to do something very special. We have not gotten to do this in years and years and years. We're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's actually going to be fun. Oh, it's been a long time. Back to, like, Carson Palmer and Ocho Cinco been such a long time since this show (laughs) this show folks is actually going to be chock full of meaningful fantasy information and you just don't get to see that coming out of cincinnati more often than not and it's largely because that offense the rebuild they're doing on that offense is very intriguing to me it's it's very interesting they seem to have actually gotten a group of people in that front office and on that coaching staff that seem to know how to evaluate talent just been a long time, and they're bringing in a lot of players that, I mean, I'm excited, frankly. It's, but let's kick it off with quarterback. Let's talk about let's talk about Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow coming into year two, uh, pretty successful campaign, I would think. All I would say, all things considered, given the scale of what he had to do, adjusting to the NFL during the COVID year in 2020, and before the injury, which is sad. He was on his way to having a nice little rookie season. He looked like the guy that, you know, you pay a number one pick for. Yeah, he was as advertised, right? Yeah. So he looked like, you know, and their O-line was such a travesty in 2020 that they managed to get him killed. And it, it really was sad because after that, the Bengals became basically functionally the worst team in football. Uh, they had the worst defense. It was It was unbelievably terrible. And they had no line. They couldn't do anything. So it kind of, and even with that, some of the guys managed to have useful fantasy seasons for you, but they were, they were pathetic, uh, the Bengals. So what's interesting is you get to the draft in 2021 and they had an opportunity to take a man named Penny A. Sewell to play on their line, which is probably something they should have done considering they Google him. They don't make people like Penny A. Sewell. That's not a thing. You don't just make, they don't, you don't see many guys that look like that. So you, they pass on that to bring in Jamar Chase, who we'll get there in a moment. Uh, so they, they bring in another uh, rookie wide receiver. And to really round out that room, they let A.J. Green go. He's, fine, he's, he's out of Cincinnati. We talked about that on a previous show. And Joe Burrow is coming back healthy. So they're going to reload, go young, and they've got a number of interesting players. So it's interesting that they chose to do that as, as, rather than strengthening their O-line. but. We'll see if they're able to keep Mr. Joe Burrow upright. If they are, I actually like Joe, Joe Burrow fine. Um, I think he's, I've got him at quarterback. I've got him right in the mid-teens of quarterback. So he's one of the guys that I'm interested in if I wait on quarterback, pick him up and pair him with someone else. And that'll be my quarterback room because I think they're going to be a very high volume offense. How do you feel about that, Steve? Yeah, the ECR right now has Joe Burrow at 13. Um, in ADP, he's at 12, so it's kind of just coin flip. It's, it's whatever your preference is in that situation. I'm more in line with you. Um, 
of the belief that, you know, I've got Joe Burrow at 13 in line with the ECR. I think he's got the upside as a younger guy, and they're definitely going to throw because that defense is still atrocious. It's just a matter of he's coming back from a massive leg injury. We still have had some COVID restrictions coming into this year. So he's dealing with all that nonsense on top of everything that he's already having to do learning this system, working with these guys. Now, the the benefit is I think part of why they were willing to go with Chase at four, or I'm sorry, at five, is because they have Joe Mixon, right? He's he's returning. You have T. Higgins, who he worked with last year, coming back. You have Tyler Boyd, who he worked with, coming back. You have C.J. Uzama coming back. And you have Jamar Chase, who did not play last year. He sat out because of COVID. So the last time Jamar Chase was on a football field was in LSU with Joe Burrow. So there's they got him a new weapon, but it's a weapon he is already familiar with. So I think the chemistry and everything is already going to be there between those two. There's not a learning curve. It's going to be something that you're you're going to be able to count on, I think, from week one, as opposed to some of these other situations where it's kind of an adjustment. Yeah, there's a, a Devonta Smith having to come in and learn right. the Eagles and having an erratic quarterback. It's it, it, well, it but even then, like Smith and Hertz are are paired. They they've they've been together before. That's fair. They have. Um, I, I think it's more along the lines of a guy like as much as I love him, Rashad Bateman and Lamar Jackson are kind of okay. just yeah. just being introduced to each other. They have to work out the kinks at the start of the season. The that really does dovetail nicely. So we've, we've covered Joe Burrow. There's nobody else at quarterback to discuss. Um, and frankly, they will be throwing. So Joe Burrow is a somewhat interesting prospect, but we can just, let's just go right. Let's just whip right through the, uh, the wide receivers. We already talk, started talking about Jamar Chase. So given yeah. that information and how you feel about that, I'm curious to know where you would want to actually then rank Jamar Chase. If you feel like he's going to be able to come in and contribute from day one, you would think, and especially given the, you know, what we saw of the tape on him and his career in college, uh, where do you actually have him then as far as like a draftable piece? Uh, so for me, I have Jamar Chase as a top 15 guy. I've got him at, well, right now I have him at 16, but he is a borderline top 15. He's got that Justin Jefferson upside where he could be a top five guy for you. He was my number two prospect in the draft. My number one was Kyle Pitts. So he, he's one of those guys that's just dominant on the ball. He can catch the ball. He can do special stuff with it. It's just, can he adapt to the coverage in the NFL? And then what's a huge benefit for him, as we already mentioned, you've got Chase now as the X receiver. You have Higgins as the Z, and you still have Tyler Boyd in the slot. So it's not like you can double cover any of these guys. They're, like None of them are going to be able to be shadowed. Essentially, what they, what they did in Cincinnati is they took the zombie of A.J. Green and shipped him off and replaced him with Jamar Chase. Right, so, a younger version of A of younger A.J. Green. Green. <laughs> yeah. So I think this actually works out really well for them. I think Chase has... Uh, like I said, he's got top 15 potential for sure. Could be a wide receiver one this year. The The most polarizing part of the entire Cincinnati offense this offseason has just been, how do you rank these guys? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you feel about each individual guy? Because um, 
If you are a T. Higgins fan, you're going to rank T. Higgins as the one. If you're a Tyler Boyd fan, you're going to rank Tyler Boyd as the one. And really, it's it's not impossible to believe any of these three guys could lead the team in targets. Uh, my whole point has always just been we've seen Tyler Boyd lead the team in targets multiple times, and it doesn't matter. So even if he does lead the team in targets, who cares? T. Higgins had a great season while he was adjusting, but again, we mentioned no preseason, no training camp. Really, they were learning on the fly, and when him and Burrow finally got on the same page from week four to week 10 when Burrow got hurt, Higgins was leading the team in targets and yardage, so he was the better wide receiver of the two, and now you add Chase, who's just an alpha receiver that is going to step in and immediately become the one. So for me, I'd rather have Chase, but I could see an argument for Higgins at the very least. Which I will now be making. Yeah. So uh, that's that's funny because neither one of us is a Tyler Boyd believer. We've been very no. clear on that over the years and no. on the internet. Nobody wants that. We've seen what happens when he leads the team in targets. His yards after the catch is so poor that there's no way that team's going anywhere if he's going to be the focal point. The way I see it is I've, I've got actually, I'm a little bit higher on T Higgins than just what a lot of other people I think would be. So I view it a little bit differently. I still would prefer Chase. So you and I line up there, but I have Chase more at the top end of the twenties. I've got him at around like 23, but for me, I've got T Higgins only a few spots behind that at the lower part of the twenties. He's like 28. So it's one of those things where I view it more as like a one, a one B situation. Those will be the two focal points, but I think they're both going to be heavily involved. Yeah. And so I don't want to give Chase up into the 15s as he kind of gets ramped up into the season. I agree with you on the chemistry and I'd still prefer Chase, but to me, it's those two guys are the ones that I want and I'm staying away for the most part from a Tyler Boyd. I think he might struggle yeah, a little sure. bit to put up some of those numbers he's put up in other years. I just have them a little bit closer together mm-hmm. and I love me some T Higgins and especially because he himself now a year under his belt, he was great before he, he also got hurt, which hurt him a little bit there. He's now fully healthy, and if you watch the videos coming out of camp, it is the Jamar Chase, the Jamar Chase and T. Higgins show yeah. at camp right now. They're both putting up plays all over the field. Burrow looks very comfortable throwing them the ball, and if they're both healthy and on the field at the same time, which they should be, it is going to be very difficult to cover the Bengals. To your point from a moment ago, who do you double cover? Right. I mean, and you're, and you're in line too with the uh, with the general public, and I'm not saying this is one of those scenarios like with Bateman where I may actually have to adjust and and move Chase down a little bit um, only because, again, not that I don't believe in the talent, but like I have him in the same tier as DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, CD Lamb. Like when if he were to move from the middle of that tier to the bottom, it would put him at 22 and I would be completely fine with doing that. And I could totally understand it. But right now the ECR has Jamar chase at 28. That's too low. And ADP has Jamar chase at 24. So if I'm saying that I think chase is a for sure top 20 wide receiver, I can have as much Jamar chase as I want. And I have, I, I on underdog, I have a lot of shares of Jamar chase and I'm quite all right with that. I feel like that's not bad at all. And even T Higgins, T Higgins is a guy that I have ranked at 31, but again, I have him just outside 
of the top 30 because most of my top 30 is all the wide receiver ones on their team. And I think Chase is the clear wide receiver one, to me at least. But I have T. Higgins at the very top of that next tier um, at 31. And even then, ECR and ADP have Higgins, or I'm sorry, ADP has Higgins at 28. So it's I'm pretty much in line with ADP. I could be there with T. Higgins and okay, but T. Higgins in the ECR is coming in right now at 24. So they kind of, they have it flip flopped, which is fair enough. But no, yeah, I wouldn't do it that way. I would do it the other way. Twenty four and twenty eight. That's how I have it. Is Jamar mm-hmm. Chase around twenty four? T Higgins at twenty eight. Yeah. Just because I know he's not the wide receiver one on his team, but given the volume that I expect them to enjoy, it doesn't actually matter that he's yeah. not the. It's, it, it becomes nullified. And then we stay away from Tyler Boyd. I'm not interested in that. There is a price point at which I would be. Given yeah, you're you know, never going to get it though, but I'm never going to get it given the hype train. So I'm just avoiding Tyler Boyd. And, at all and that's the thing too. Like it's not even a hype train. The ECR has Tyler Boyd at 33, which is insanely too high. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. That's no, there's but, no way. That's but even bad. then the general public is finally understanding like his ADP is 38. Yeah. And we would say go lower than that at like the 45. Yeah. For, for me, I have him. Yeah. In the mid forties. So yeah. Like that is that's still too rich for my blood. But if I could have if you're saying his ADP is 38 and he fell to 45 where he's going to be my fourth or fifth receiver. OK, yeah, I'll take him at 45. I actually have him ranked exactly at 45. Yeah. So that's uh, if, at that point, I will take him, but not before I will not yeah. overpay for Tyler. No, Boyd. There's no there's point. No, there's no point in that. So I would just stay away from it usually in most of my drafts. And then. Rounding out the room, Auden Tate is still there. We've seen Auden Tate. If somebody was to get hurt, Auden Tate's a good name to know because if he could actually, he won't crack the field with the three guys ahead of him and more often than not. But in a, in, a, in, a, in a world where one of these guys gets hurt, yeah, uh, Auden Tate would actually have fantasy value. So he's a name to know for your mm, waiver wire. It depends, but maybe, yeah. Maybe. It depends on who got hurt. I understand what you're saying. There, but I could see a path to him playing meaningful football is what I'm saying. So it's a name, yeah. it's a name to know. And then beyond that, Mike Thomas is still there. No, it doesn't matter. Stanley Morgan Jr. It doesn't matter. Like that's really it. It's it's those, those three guys. And I would know who Auden Tate is just in case something was to happen. So if we want to just round out pass catchers, we can just talk about tight end because not a whole lot to talk about here, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm not interested in Drew Sample. Like it's it's one of those things where he, you know, second year, some folks, you, you'll, you'll know the name. Some folks will be interested in, in Drew Sample coming into a year two. Um, for me, for sample now, year three for sample Last year but, was supposed to be a second year breakout. Yeah, but I'm just not interested in Drew Sample yeah, at this point. No. It's the, that's over. And then we've seen enough of it to know he's not good. Yeah, he's not good enough to to merit being the primary pass catcher out of for tight end, or and he's not really good enough as a blocker. I think to have a long term career, at least not in Cincinnati, they'll they'll probably look to upgrade because the one that I think you need to know is C.J. Uzama. And a lot of people, it's funny because our website, we've got a historical soft spot for CJ Uzama. Shout out to New Wallace Bruce. And uh, we, we, uh, we love CJ Uzama, uh, as usually more, more years historically. But for this year, I think he still is the, the tight end you need, to, you need to know. I think he's going to be your starting tight end when all is said and done. It's just a question of, can he not get hurt, right? Like when he's out there, he puts up meaningful tight end numbers because tight end is just so bad as a position, but can he actually play? So do you have any interest in anything tight end no. related? No. Yeah. No, I'm not, not really, not even Uzama. And, and again, like 
that's the other thing with Chase is he's such a big bodied guy um, that now he basically can fill that tight end role of catching the contested balls over the middle and in the red zone, which is kind of why I'm so bullish on him because he's a wide receiver that can play like a tight end. And it's important to note about Jamar Chase that when they played that 2019 season, like I mentioned, he was the number one receiver on the team that year. The number two receiver that he was beating out was Justin Jefferson, who just took the whole league by storm last year. So that, that just tells you how good Jamar Chase is, even in the red zone, especially in the red zone. And Uzama's basically, he's, he's one of these guys that's a touchdown-dependent dart throw. He, if you want him, you can have him. He's going at ADP 39 at tight end. Yep. Completely free. You can pick him up off waivers. You don't even have to draft. Yeah. So CJ Uzama is exactly that, right? It's, it's, yeah. it, it's a guy that if I was fishing around on the waiver wire and he had a good matchup, maybe he'd get lucky but not something I'm going to draft and worry about and consistently count on. Like you'd be in a very deep league to be considering this. So to be, to be honest, that's really it. As far as pass catchers, there's three guys that might matter. And realistically it's two. (laughs) And and honestly, that's kind of it in general for the Bengals. Like we do have to like in terms of discussion, right. As far as discussion points. Yes. Because we've still got running back here with Joe Mixon. And I, again, I have no problem with Joe Mick. Like he's one of these polarizing people that you seem to either love or hate. And I'm one of the rare few that's like in the middle. Like, I don't care either way. If I get Mixon, great. If I don't, I'm not losing sleep over it or excited that I didn't invest. Like if I can have Joe Mixon as my RB1, I feel fine with it. I've got him in tier three of PPR running backs at my RB12. And right now he's RB 13 in ADP and RB 12 in the ECR. But I'm right in line with the public. I've, we're all kind of in the same boat there. Yep. And I've got him at, I've got him at, uh, I've got him at 12 and he's right in that same tier and you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. He's, he's the back end of RB one, the top end of RB two, depending on how you want to look at that. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't get hurt, he'll, he'll be able to help you out significantly and your fantasy team. But you know, that's always well, the thing. And the biggest thing to note about this room now, or at least the biggest dis- discussion is what's the backup plan? Because Giovanni Bernard, the long standing stable in that backfield is finally gone. Uh, he signed with Tampa. So now for Joe Mixon, if he gets hurt or something happens with him, who's the backup? He's a three down back now. For me, I've got it as rookie Chris Evans. They took him in the sixth round. I think he's got the most talent, but They've got little invested in him, mm-hmm. um, so there's nothing like forcing their hand. For but, me, I think Samaje Pirine gets the first crack if yeah. something was to happen, and, and he'll, that's kind of the debate: is is it? And he'll likely be it, terrible, but he'll yeah. likely be terrible is the problem. So I think he, right. that's why I'm putting it this way: he gets first crack as as the incumbent, and he, you know, it is what it is. He'll get out there, but he's been terrible. So then they'll go and take a look at Chris Evans, and then we don't know what that is. So it. it I, And I think that's the thing, too, is when you're talking about this, this isn't a clear this isn't like Giovanni Bernard when Mixon gets hurt and then all of a sudden Bernard's a top 20 locked in running back. You've got Samaje Pirine and Chris Evans. And I think the hard and honest truth here is like I prefer Evans. I think he's a better all around player. 
but more than likely what happens if Joe Mixon gets hurt, Samaj P. Ryan is your between the tackles and between the twenties and Chris Evans is your pass catcher and your goal line back. And that's like, neither one of them is going to get the full workload. It's kind of just going to be trial by committee until they can get Mixon healthy. And it'll just more than anything, they'll probably just check it down <laughs> and throw the ball more than, uh, yeah than actually run it with somebody who isn't Joe Mixon. Well, and that's part of it because I think they're going to, the Bengals, you're going to see quite a bit of up-tempo offense from the yep. Bengals this year because as we round out the show, there's nothing to talk about on defense. There's nothing to talk about on kicker. You don't want any of it. Just leave it there. It's not worth it. And yep. so I only bring it up to reference the idea that they're going to be put it playing in a lot of shootouts, I think. The offense, I think, will actually be able to move the ball if everybody who's, who's you know on the team is healthy. They'll move that ball. The The issue that I think is going to happen is that they're going to be asked to do that a lot. If they're going to win games, I think they're going to have to put up 35 points type of thing. Like if they're going to be in, in these games, that defense is not going to be capable of stopping most other attacks. So, you know, you got, you got that going on, which is, which is helpful from a, uh, from, for a receiver standpoint, but it does give me some concerns about some of the rushing attack because I don't know how many games they're going to be leading in and able to really establish the run and keep it going. That being said, yeah. it hasn't mattered for Joe Mixon in the past. Right. So I'm not worried about that, but if he goes down, I, it's going to be a committee, I think to your point, And I don't really know that I want any part of it. So yeah. realistically invest in, invest in the receivers. I think they're going to be where you're going to make a lot of hay uh, as far as meaningful fantasy production and then invest in Joe Mixon. And then beyond that, it's, you know, Joe Burrow will be there. If you want him. don't overpay. That's really it. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!